0: Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, Jordan Lopez, today, fellow writer for Predominantly Orange. Always great to have you on the show, man. Uh, we're going to go over today, uh, also um, for today's episode, we're going to be going over uh, some Denver Broncos um, roster sleepers, some players that are being slept on too
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: much fans aren't talking enough about as we have uh, recognized in the media feel like deserve a little bit more hype um for training camp um, i feel like these guys are going to uh, you know impress in training camp and show why they're going to be making the 53-man roster and having a heavy contribution to the team in 2023 uh, before we jump into all that and more obviously we'll be covering jerry judy's madden overall and the disrespect he is getting um from madden um across uh you know that new game that is releasing is certainly very very uh, interesting to say the least but before we jump into this, that Jordan, how are you doing today, man?
1: Doing good. We got a lot of talk about, a lot of Broncos to talk about. It feels like training camp is uh, right around the corner. So uh, you can smell the football season coming up.
0: Yeah, very excited. I think uh, life without football is definitely not a good one, and we're right. we're kind of getting that withdrawal of uh, football, um, as you can say. A um, lot, obviously, baseball is on right now, and for a lot of baseball fans, that's exciting. But at the same time, you know, a lot of football fans, we need football back. And um, I know training camp starting up soon. Um, not the open practices; that'll still be for like for another two weeks. But um, definitely some exciting news we should get um, some pretty soon. But um, still, speaking of exciting, we got some players to talk about today. Um, I'll go ahead and start off with the player I feel like is not getting enough love this offseason just not getting enough talk and I feel like he deserves more hype heading into training camp um, at the cornerback position I have um, cornerback in his second year Jaquan McMillan I feel like he's being heavily slipped on by Broncos fans I see nobody talking about him I see people talking more about Tremont Smith um, you know uh, Pastor Tan obviously I see more people even talking about Riley Moss our rookie cornerback which you know deservingly so we traded up for him with some uh, hefty capital and we got some news from uh, my Cliss yesterday in his article that he is expected to serve as the top backup at nickel and outside corner, which I believe is not uh, the right move at nickel corner. And I'll tell you why I think Jaquan McMillan is ready to step into that role. I think he, um, he generated a lot of praise from his teammates after his NFL debut in week 18, when he started in place of Damari Mathis at outside corner um, instead of nickel corner, where I feel like he is more, um, you know, elite, I guess you can say, and more comfortable playing that position. Um, He just looked outstanding in that one game against the Chargers. Um he also added a uh, seven uh, seven tackles in that game uh you know as, as well as his outstanding coverage throughout the game against some uh you know premier receivers against the Chargers. And you know keep in mind the Chargers did have their starting receivers in that game. It's not like Jaquan McMillan was going up against their uh, their their practice squad guys in that game. Um he also got robbed of an interception in that game. I know a lot of Broncos fans can you know recall that. That was absolutely insane. He had his hand underneath the ball. I still can't believe the rookie uh you know undrafted free and got robbed of that interception. Um, definitely fell for him in that one. He kind of voiced his frustrations for the, after the game. But um, he has a lot of confidence going into the offseason after that terrific performance as just a rookie. He was on the practice squad all year. Um, his final year of, col- uh, of college in 2021 at Eastern Carolina, he recorded 16 PBUs along with five interceptions, one of those being a pick six uh, in only 12 games. So um, he produced really well in college. Uh, going to the Broncos, um, getting better and better as he as he goes, um, you know, throughout the throughout the months in the pros. So I'm really excited to see what McMillan could provide. And he, honestly, he's he got a lot of love um, from you know people in the media in OTAs and minicamp. He he impressed uh, the coaching staff. Um, I know Cody Rourke was talking about how he he really um, surprised some people um, throughout the offseason uh, this year so far. So. He's certainly a name that I feel like is not generating enough hype, and I feel like he's just being set, uh, slept on by uh, Broncos country because um, the Broncos know a thing about uh, you know dra- undrafted uh, free agent corners, and um, you know this could potentially be one of the next uh, gems in the secondary for the Broncos in 2023.
1: Yeah, it seems like we have some real talent in that in that position group, right? I mean, if Jaquan McMillan is another guy that can really step it up. I mean, I think that might be our deepest position if, if we can really, you know, do a deep dive on that,
0: especially mm-hmm. with
1: him having Riley Moss and all the great things we've heard about him, Pat, and all the other guys. But, yeah, I mean, Jaquan McMillan, especially with Sean Payne, who's really going to, you know, hammer down the, the small details and stuff like that. That Week 18 game against the Chargers only missed one tackle. Uh, that's something that's going to be huge for us this season. Uh, you know, he got targeted 11 times and only allowed five receptions. I mean, that's not bad at all. Uh, I'll take mm-hmm. that, um, especially some of those receptions, may be like a zone coverage type of thing, leaving exactly 10 yards off uh, the receiver. So you can even count those as little, you know, not really as receptions. But again, McMillan, he would be uh, greatly appreciated if he does step it up this year and uh, this defense uh, could be something real special.
0: Yeah, exactly. And am I crazy to think that he could actually be like a heavy contributor in the defense this year in the secondary? Because I me personally, I'm not like huge on a saying Bassey. That's kind of my personal take. Um, I don't think he he is the, the greatest. But I, I honestly, to begin the season, I think you would rather put him there uh, than McMillan at nickel. But just for like long term in the re- the course of this season, I would prefer Jaquan McMillan over a saying Bassey and um, Riley Moss. That's kind of my uh, personal take on that. Um, Honestly, I feel like um, with what he has shown this offseason, we showed in that last game last year how young he is. Um, getting that continuity with um, DB's coach Christian Parker, and then learning from guys like Pastor Tan, and then even Demari Mathis, who has um, who you know came into the league the same year as he did. Um, I think is going to be very beneficial for him, and um, I'm sure Matt Mathis did play a, a part in him. You know starting in, play- in his role in Week 18 and kind of giving him some uh, some good thoughts and uh, so- some good wisdom as he, uh, you know, took that outside corner role in that game. But honestly, me personally, I know it's very early to say this and you haven't seen a lot of tape from him, but I feel like McMillan, everything we heard from, I think he could actually be like a long-term, like nickel corner for us.
1: Yeah, and then, listen, with him and a, like how you just said, DeMari Mathis, I think that's a perfect segue into – it's a my player to watch out for. My sleeper is Damari Mathis. Mm. I mean, I think legitimately these two guys can really spark up this group and this defense as a whole because if these two guys really step up the game, and listen, I, I believe Demari Mathis could he have done better? Absolutely. But with the the situation that he was dealt with, I know he had Everett as his defensive coordinator, but still the, the stability in the locker room and all the things – going on with the head coach and stuff like that sometimes yeah. it's you know you know to overcome all the adversity and stuff but despite that i think he did a great job uh you know he had some uh some good solo tackles assists. um that game against the chargers actually where he had those penalties those little ticky tacky penalties i really don't count against him. i think he's still mm-hmm. had great coverage on that um but yeah demar math is my sleeper and uh, i would like to hear your thoughts on that
0: yeah i think he he's gonna be really really good don't get me wrong i mean um really good player obviously in year one he had a lot of uh, he didn't have much expectations being a fourth round rookie but pat you know i talked about this in one of my uh, newest newest articles last week um george payne has done an excellent job drafting corners so far and just acquiring corner talent in general like even ronald darby you can argue even with the injuries like his talent overall like he and pre, like over He played over his expectations. I feel like a lot of people were expecting him to not be so good in deep coverage, and he wasn't even that bad. Um, And just overall, what he looked like. And then, obviously, you got Jaquan McMillan, who I just talked about. The passer 10, he got the best corner in the NFL. That's an absolute home run of a pick. Um, People are going to have their their arguments as to whether the Broncos should have took fields. I would disagree, but... um, yeah, that's obviously still a debate out there, surprisingly enough, but yeah, George Payne has done an excellent job acquir- acquiring corner talent, and I feel like Demari Mathis is one of those uh, next corners to be like that um, long-term starter for us, just like I feel like Jaquan McMillan could have the potential of, and I feel like I have more confidence in Demari Mathis being um, that, that long-term option, rather as uh, Jaquan McMillan, that's nothing against him, but um, I feel like Demari Mathis, everything that he's shown us, um, his athleticism is off the roof, I mean, he, the George Payne is showing you know, that he is very very high and these these high ras guys, um, as a lot of you guys know uh, around the draft on uh, those high ras scores. Um, Damari Mathis, one of those guys that has a lot of potential just because of that. And Riley Moss, obviously, had like a nine point six something uh, ras score, I think. So, um, it, he's showing that these high athletic uh, high athletic um, profiles at corner um are going to be, you know, paying high dividends for the Broncos in the secondary cuz Demari Mathis already showed uh showed us that in year 1. So, um what would you kind of, you know, predict for Demari Mathis in a second year being essentially the starting cornerback again for the Broncos at outside corner alongside PS2 cuz this could be a very interesting matchup because PSU could be aligning with those wide receiver ones as we have uh, alluded to in previous episodes whereas Demari Mathis can be, you know, lining up with maybe some of the some of those uh, more speedy options. So, how do you see him kind of fitting in Vance Joseph's defense in year two. And how do you kind of seeing his, uh, his year look as a total? Like, do you see him, you know, playing, you know, beyond expectations again in uh, just a sec- uh, sophomore year in the NFL? Well,
1: statistically speaking, he has to, because I think last year when I bring up the numbers, I mean, he's he almost allowed a 100 uh, passer rating uh, mm. when uh, covering his guys. So I think statistically speaking, he's going to improve on that with Vance Joseph. It's just him getting better year by year. I mean, when you're in a room with Pastor Tan, you're gonna get better no matter what. With the knowledge he's gonna bring, um, he only has six pass breakups, but I think that number is gonna be tremendously increased this year as he's gonna be starting alongside Pat and and the guys. Um, you know, he did allow almost seventy one percent receptions. I mean, it, also another number that that's that's gonna have to go down. But again, I think he's obviously gonna have a step up. He's gonna get a lot more playing time, a lot a lot yeah. more playing time. So I think there's only room for improvement for him. I don't think he can, I don't think, or I don't want him to, you know, not improve. But I think he, I think he is. I think he is. I with just Pat and the guys in that room. I just don't see how those guys can take a step down, especially with how high, you know, Pat's going to be playing. It's only just going to increase his level of play. So give me Damari Mathis for a big year. And also Jaquan McMillan, give me for a big year too.
0: Exactly. Really excited for those two corners. And you mentioned Amari Mathis, him not really getting much playing time on in a starting opportunity till that game against the Chargers on Monday night football. And um it'll be certainly interesting to see how he looks throughout the whole course of he's in 17 games um, if he can stay healthy and then obviously play an elite level. Um, he didn't play an elite level last year. Obviously, he's a rookie corner. You can't expect that from him. But as a cornerback, you're going to have high expectations as a starter in the secondary. So you got a lot of premier talents and um, Justin Simmons, Pastor Tan, Kaywan Williams is still really good when he's healthy. And yep. there's just a lot of guys in the secondary that um, are going to be, you know, very beneficial to him in his second year. So I think that's going to be huge for DeMar Mathis. And I think that's only going to make him better. So um, whenever maybe these guys do leave in free agency, like Kaywan Williams, his contract will be expiring after this next year. Demari Mathis will have to take a bigger role. So this year is a really important like bridge year for him to kind of perfect his craft in a sense. Um, So the next player I want to talk about uh, me and you have actually, uh, you know, talked a little bit about as well as we think is kind of interesting. I didn't really think about this is Zach Allen. I feel like as a player that is not being slept on or is being slept on too much heading into Broncos camp um, just because after signing that three year four, 45.75 million dollar deal um, It feels like everybody talked About him and then everybody just stopped talking About him after that that signing in free Agency um, you know we've heard more Talk even about Matt Henningsen I feel like and I'm guilty Of that like um, obviously you're, you're confident enough in Zach Allen to do His job but it feels like nobody has really Talked about how he will contribute to This defense next year and honestly It feels like a lot of the expectations have maybe Soared a little bit because like everybody's Talking about what will Frank Clark do What will Baron Brownie do when he even returns turns and he's not going to be there for the start of season. When Zach Allen, we signed him to this big contract based off that sample size we saw last year with Vance Joseph in Arizona. Um, he's certainly one of those guys that has simply not been talked about enough on the defensive line, a defensive line where I feel like I'm not re- nearly as confident heading into 2023 as opposed to uh, 2022. So what do you think about Zach Allen and his, uh, his first year with the Broncos in orange and blue?
1: I mean, he was one of my favorite signings this off season too. He's coming off a career year. Uh, it seemed like he pit he pit his best football yet last year, and I think that's only gonna be better. Uh, still continuing that that rapport and that relationship with with Vance Joseph uh, here in that in Denver. And to be quite frank, he's gonna have a better defense surrounding him. so I think that's only gonna be better for him uh, rushing the quarterback. and uh, again, Zach Allen, not only is he being slept on, I think he's gonna be one of our best players on the defense. and uh, give me a a big year for Zach Allen.
0: Yeah, very underrated run stopper. He's shown the ability to be a good, um, you know, pass rusher as well. Not nearly as good as Draymond Jones, but I feel like if he kind of got could have got a guy to replace anywhere near the skill set and contribution to him on the defense, it would have been Zach Allen and the Broncos go ahead and get that done. Um, we talked a lot about earlier this offseason Draymond just simply did not want to be back and um, the Broncos got the next best fit for the defense returning that, uh, you know, reuniting with uh, Vance Joseph here in Denver. So I'm excited to see what we can do. And, you know, like I said, not, a fan, not enough. None of the fans are talking about him. It feels like um, he's just kind of gone gone under the radar, and I feel like during training camp, he's going to kind of remind people um, wh- why he got that contract and what he's going to be able to do. Uh, under Vance Joseph in 2023, so that's our third roster sleeper for the Broncos this upcoming season. So uh, Jordan, I believe you wanted to talk about some of my interesting news regarding Jerry Judy and his newly released Madden overall. Um, he actually also released a new uh, article uh, via predominantly Orange um, yesterday. So make sure you guys check that out. Um, support uh, Jordan Lopez here uh, with his um, article. So make sure you guys check that article out as well. But um, uh, Jordan, you want to give your input on your thoughts um, for uh, Madden um, and uh, Madden 24 and Jerry Judy. Uh, new rating
1: and before i get into that i would just like to know on zach allen uh he was second in the league with quarterback hits uh behind uh, dexter lawrence there you go another thing that you gotta love with uh, zach allen but get into my boy and jerry judy uh listen Madden 24 they are known for their ratings and they're you know releasing them around this time of the year right before training camp and uh you know they released them and uh Boy, did they release them! Uh, there was some controversy with uh, some ratings that they had, and as I bring up my uh, Argo to actually specify some of the things that I want to talk about, mm-hmm. there were some guys above them that should not be above them, quite frankly. And listen, I, I respect all wide receivers. That's one of my favorite position groups in football. I love looking at wide receivers, the highlights, the tape, all of that. I just, I love it. I, I just love that position group. But I do not believe according to Madden24, that he is the 35th best wide, re- wide receiver in the league. I, I uh, don't believe crazy. that. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. I just I simply don't. Uh, and I'll continue to say that until he just continues to play and proves everyone wrong, and especially this year with Sean Payton. But, I mean, they have guys – I mean, and listen, I, I mentioned some of the guys in my article. I mentioned guys like Mike Williams from the Chargers, Odell Beckham, who – I mean, they didn't play last year. Uh, Devontae Smith, who may be, you know, you, it could be an argument made, but, you know, since he went to the Super Bowl and all that, people are going to have a little bit of an argument there, even though that's team success and that individual uh, success. Yeah. Players like Brandon Ayuk and Chris Olave, you know, players like that. Listen, they, I, Listen, again, those are all great players. I'm not saying they're bad players. But to say that they are better than Jerry Judy and what Judy did last year, not years prior, but last year, under two head coaches, three offensive coordinators, and two quarterbacks. I mean, I think it'd be pretty impressive. And listen, I've been hammering home that Judy has not had the best uh, situation dealt with in Denver ever since he was drafted his rookie year. I mean, he got drafted into the pandemic year with automatically no fans and all the training camp stuff that he had to deal with. Then with Vic Fanju and all the antics he had to put up with. Mm-hmm. Then the Drew Lock, Teddy B situation, Pat Sherman. I mean, he's dealt with a lot. So of course he's not gonna be having the success of someone like Justin Jefferson in his draft class and other and guys like that. And I would even point out to like Jalen Waddle. I mean, Jalen Waddle's having success. And listen, the Dolphins have been kind of consistent with, you know, their model. I mean, they went after the offensive head coach and now they're sticking with him. I mean to, for Denver, we've been trying to look for that guy. Nah, I think we got him with Sean Payton. But, you know, he's at least had continuity with him, and they've been force-feeding him the ball. Uh, but, yeah, they, I just don't believe there are 35 other – or I should say at least 10 more players better than him, uh, which I think is asinine. And I even mentioned in my thing, PFF had – and PFF grades can be a little bit misconceived and stuff. Yeah. But they had him as the 20th graded best player – out of the wide receivers last year in in terms of production so to even that's 15 spots those are literally 15 spots from 35 to 20 just based off production not even skill or any of that just off production of last year so i'd like to hear your thoughts Amir.
0: yeah uh shout out to our guy uh, judy region on instagram great uh fan page for yes. Jerry judy um i love everything that he posts absolute og um He actually posted this yesterday. I thought it was really, really interesting. Uh, And it's just a great, like, literally send this straight to the Madden devs because this is just awful. Jerry Judy, an 83 overall in 13 games, had 1,012 total yards, six touchdowns, only a 1% snap percentage versus uh, Tennessee. Um, Brandon Ayuk, three overall bigger uh, or higher, uh, 86 overall, played in 17 games, had only, like, 20 yards more than him, and somehow he's three overall higher than him. T. Higgins, four overall higher in 14 games at 1,029 yards. Jerry Judy on pace for 14 games would have had much higher than that. Mike Williams in 12 games, 88 overall, had 895 total yards. Then DK Metcalf, 16 games, 1,048 yards, was five overall higher than Jerry Judy. Like, this is the epitome of just like popularity and giving you a higher overall. it's it's very point blank obvious. Like Jerry Judy on the Broncos getting clowned all the whole team getting clowned is going to be as a result, clowning him like the Broncos are a 78 overall as a team in, um, in Madden and, you know, understandably. So we were bad last year and obviously it's going to, you shoot down all of the players because of that. And if you don't have, like, insane stats on a poor team, you're basically just stuck with a really low overall. And this this overall is absolutely ridiculous. Honestly, these guys have around the same stats. The Brandon IU thing is absolutely insane. 17 games, 1,038 total yards. He was barely over Jerry Judy. And Jerry Judy, in a few of those games, hardly even played. He already played because of his injury. Yeah. And honestly... The only the only rate attribute that should be going down is his injury because of you know obviously the injury concerns and nothing else like an 83 overall that's ridiculous that's it does not make any sense to me you really should put him around that 86 just because the, the yards that he put up and that amount of games as opposed to these guys this is a horrible look for Madden like and obviously everything doesn't just go off of stats but you can even look at the tape Jerry Judy was wide open on plenty of routes it was just like with Drew Locke just getting wide open and Russ wasn't able to hit him either was off target or just didn't see him wasn't making his reads like this is absolutely ridiculous horrible look for madden i i just i just can't believe it it's ridiculous and it feels like if if russell wilson and the whole team doesn't ball out his his rating is probably just going to stay like this even if he has like 1200 yards honestly
1: and the crazy thing is that you know we can talk all all about the statistics and stuff like that That's not even mentioning like how many like how you said how many times he's been open and how many times he has not been force fed the ball like players, like I would say, getting like a Jalen Waddle, getting all those bubble screens and stuff like that, those quick slants and stuff like that. I mean, that's not even counting that.
0: And I mean, tell t- tell the people about his uh, his route running attributes because he was wide-ass open last year. I'm talking butt-naked butt naked open, and they're still giving him these low-ass ra- the, uh, route running ratings. Like so, I apologize for my language.
1: So for short route running, medium route running, and deep route running, they all have the same rating, which is crazy in itself. But he ranked at 85 for all three. And listen, again, I am a big wide receiver guy. I respect all wide receivers. I think I can make a a real argument that Jerry Judy is the best route runner in the league. And that is not, and now people are going to go, oh, but this and that. Listen, I'm not talking about his production over the years in Denver. I'm talking about simply route running. I can make an argument that Judy is the best route runner in the league. Doesn't mean, oh, he gets the ball and he dropped it. Like, people are thinking, like, it's 2020 all over again. No. Best route runner, there's a real argument, it could be Jerry Judy. And for him to have 85 for short, medium, and deep, having other players higher than him, I mean, come on. I mean, that that's, that's how you know it's a joke
0: exactly the, right there that just shows everything you need to show and then statistically he literally is the best route runner in the nfl against man coverage like the separation yes. is unbelievable nobody even comes close to it like i can't remember the exact stats i'll have to pull it up i believe i pulled it up on previous episodes like the stats are absolutely ridiculous like nobody even comes close in second place so like that shows enough that it needs to be said a lot of these madden uh, devs and everything are not watching film it's pretty obvious like these guys are just going through nfl red zone and basing and taking notes of their their madden ratings throughout the season that's literally that that feels like how everything's being done like it it makes absolutely zero sense and obviously we're going to be frustrated i'm not a huge guy on like madden ratings but to see our guy jerry judy who i consider like the top three player on this team you know be disrespected that much is absolutely ridiculous so um and honestly it feels like it's not going to get anywhere higher until the whole team starts winning
1: and then also another thing i think the best form of recognition I mean, we can talk about he's the best route runner against man coverage and all that. But Mm -hmm. I think the best recognition and praise that you can get is from your peers. And when you have corners like Xavier Howard and other corners that I'm not remembering their names right now, but I've clearly remembered and listened to multiple corners, one of them being Xavier Howard, talk about how Jerry Judy has been the toughest receiver that they've gone up against solely based on his route running. I mean... Well what else what else more do the Madden guys want? I, I don't know. understand.
0: They don't pay attention. It's so obvious. They pay attention to all the high market teams, and then you got the guys like the Broncos, who who got a new ownership, got a new he- uh, really bad head coach last year, and then obviously all the injuries. They're not going to pay attention to the Broncos. They saw the let's ride stuff, and they saw us go on a losing streak, and it was like, you know, screw them. We're just gonna. I bet you. And we were talking about this before the show. Sauce Gardner, who has a really high, you yes. know, ranking in the media, he's probably gonna have a damn near ninety-eight or something. He's probably gonna be over PS two. We'll have a we'll have an episode in a few days going over the Bron. Uh, reaction into the broncos madden ratings we'll talk more about this but it's just it's really a whole like market thing like who's going to make you the most money um and that's really what it what it came down to for a madden that's how it is basically every year madden 24 is really on on a brink year where they have to prove themselves this year and uh, they're not off to a good start with the ratings and obviously that's not that's only a small percentage of how people will enjoy the game. And honestly, if I get Madden twenty four, I'm gonna be raising these Broncos Madden ratings. Um, so it honestly it doesn't really matter to me, but at the same time, like I could understand if these players feel like disrespected.
1: Like all like all respect to Keenan Allen. And I'm just, you know, I'm pointing him out because he's in our division, so it's something that, you know, the fans can relate to because we see them play twice a year. But like Keenan they they have Keenan Allen as a better route runner than Jerry Judy, and he's simply not. I mean, they even have Keenan Allen as a better route runner than Amari Cooper. And I'm a, I am love Amari Cooper. Uh, I think – and, you know, he's a South Florida boy, so I always go for my guys. But, I mean, he's not a better route runner than those guys. And I think Keenan Allen is one of the most underrated receivers in the league, actually. And I'm saying that he's not even a better route runner than those guys. So, I, it, it, it's just the ratings. Listen, I know they don't mean anything, but it is a topic of conversation that we can talk about and stuff like that. And, listen – it does get players mad because we have heard players talk about it. Uh, even McAfee has talked about it on his show. But yeah, when you have you know players like Keenan Allen, a better route runner than Jerry Judy, who statistically proven his peers have even said it. I mean, it's kind of, it's ridiculous.
0: Exactly. Um, speaking of disrespect, I want to talk about uh, some, you know, news around the NFL. Big topic of discussion yesterday, um, with you know the whole deadline and everything of you know paying your franchise tag players long-term uh, deals. Um, the running back position has grown very, 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 very like disrespected across the NFL. Like we can all agree that even if we have our own opinions, because I still feel like you really should not pay a lot of money to running backs. That's my opinion. Um, unless you're just like an insane player. Like I feel like the the Raiders should probably pay. Josh Jacobs, but that's no—that's a whole other thing. But um, I think we can all agree that running backs are definitely disrespected. Like what they go through on the football field and off the football field. Honestly, it's pretty ridiculous how low they get—they uh, get paid And obviously, all the people around the NFL just simply don't show enough love for them. You know, in terms of GMs, executives, and all that. Um, so yesterday, uh, Derrick Henry said has some words um, for the running back position. Basically, just to wrap it up and summarize it, he's basically saying. Basically, just take the running backs out of the NFL if you're going to treat them like this. Um, and I thought that was really like huge for him to come out because that's arguably the best back in the league. And for him to say something like that with a lot of people like Roger Goodell and everybody watching him, um, that was a huge statement made to uh, the NFL world. And uh, it's pretty evident now that a lot of running backs are starting to, you know, I, I wouldn't say like go on strike and whatnot, but like they're getting really, really furious with how the the position is being treated across the league.
1: Yeah, and listen. I'm, I'm gonna give a, a heads up warning to all the fans of Broncos country. It's not just because he, you know he's our guy, but this is gonna happen with Javante. There's gonna be a time where his contract's gonna be coming up, and we're gonna have to see if we're gonna franchise tag him or the extensions and stuff like that. And these talks are gonna happen. And are we gonna like it? Of course not. We're we would we would want Javante. You know, pending that he has another great year and stuff like that. But it's just how the running back market goes. Is it fair? No, I don't think it's fair at all, especially for those great running backs like Barkley, Henry. Talking about it and Josh Jacobs. I even though he's a Raider, I mean he's still a heck of a running back. Yeah. But there will be a time soon that we're gonna be we're gonna be have uh we're gonna be having these conversations about Javante Williams, and uh, yeah. people are not gonna be happy.
0: That's why this year is such a big year for Javante. Like that's why he's. I feel like I wouldn't say rushing back from the injury, but that's why he's trying to like get back from this injury as soon as he can and efficiently as he can. Because as a running back, as undervalued and underappreciated they are in the NFL, you got to ball out like whenever you can. Because if you show any type of injury concerns, you're like out of the league. Like that's how that's how unfortunate it is for running backs in the NFL. So that's why Javante, I feel like, is is trying to get back and get back to a hundred percent and be that you know player that we drafted and traded up for so that we have a bigger um, reason to extend him rather than treat him like a Saquon Barkley or uh, Josh Jacobs or a Tony Pollard who did not reach long-term agreements um, by yesterday's deadline despite playing really, really good football as of late. Um, Obviously, Saquon has had his uh, fair share of injury concerns. So a lot of the the, uh, Josh Jacobs as well, they have not signed their franchise uh, tenders, So that is going to be very, very interesting to see how that plays out. It's going to be huge for the Broncos this year for josh jacobs and whether or not he plays for the raiders week one um so that'll be um you know a topic or storyline to follow throughout the rest of the offseason um but yeah it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous how running backs are being uh treated although i feel like you know it's very interesting and i want to actually pull this up on the screen i thought this was a really interesting um the last nine years uh, all running backs that have won the Super Bowl have actually been paid less than um, one point, actually been paid less than $2 million. So, like, this is literally paper proof that shows GMs like we don't really have to pay our running backs if we don't want to, like and honestly you can find because the thing with running back is it's a hard position to play. Don't get me wrong. And they get beat up so much, but at the same time there's a lot of good running backs out there and teams can constantly draft running backs in the seventh round, pay them nothing basically on the rookie contract or even draft undrafted uh, free agents. And they can have a big impact. Like you look at Isaiah Pacheco, right there, 890k salary, 2022. He was a key piece of the Super Bowl win, so he's basically like they could just let him go after this contract and draft another guy, and they could have anywhere close to the the same contribution and impact to give them another Super Bowl victory. So, and it's another thing like the NFL is becoming a heavy pass, uh, you know, a heavy pass first league. Even though you know I I believe running uh, running the ball is very key to success in the NFL and offense. I feel like the team's becoming more, you know, um, heavy passing the ball. That's going to make life even harder for uh, running backs trying to make a, you know, a living in the NFL.
1: And it just sucks for guys like Saquon Barkley, who's like the heart and soul of that offense for the Giants. And then he has to see something like this. You know, the cap hits on the running back ones and the last nine Super Bowl winners, and see something like that. I mean, I, I feel for the guys. I, I really do. Yeah. I, I love the running backs. I and it's just. It's really unfair how the market has treated them, but when you put up stuff like this, it, I mean, it only makes sense for the general managers and how they're, go- they're how they're going to construct their cap and the money that they yeah. dealt with. So,
0: yeah, it is, it sucks for them honestly, but the NFL is a business, and at the end of the day, and you got to do what's best for your organization. So, I can understand where they come from honestly. Like I, you got to be honest at some point, and um, I'm a huge. Fan of Javante Williams, and this stuff is even hard to swallow because I want him to get paid in a few years, but I don't even know if it's going to really happen. Um, George Payne, honestly, he's had his, he's extended players that have deserved it, but he's also traded away players that have arguably deserved uh, contract extension. So um, I don't know. It's really up in the air. We'll see if Javante balls out this year. I'm predicting a thousand plus yards. We'll see how how well he gets back to a thousand percent. It's definitely going to take quite some time till he gets there, but I think he can still be good and it can still be a portion of what he was in his rookie season. So um, I'm excited for that. And um, well, let's just enjoy these uh, next few years of uh, Javante Williams coming back for that injury before we jump into all this. Cause my favorite player, um, it definitely has me uh, with a little bit of anxiety, thinking about how we might actually let him go in free agency. So, uh, but yeah, that will be it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, with me and Jordan Lopez covering everything from players that you are not talking about enough well, um, to also players uh, that were being completely disrespected and mad, and such as Jerry Judy with a very low eighty-three overall, which is completely ridiculous. Um, to uh, running backs being underpaid uh, and undervalued. Um, so make sure you guys um, leave a like on YouTube if you guys are listening over there. Make sure you guys subscribe. Most important and turn on notifications if you guys enjoy today's podcast never want to miss an episode of the broncos avenue podcast make sure you guys do that as well on spotify and App podcast but i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode make sure you guys uh, check out our socials uh, make sure you guys check out our uh you know our articles at predominantly orange link in description hope you guys enjoyed today's episode i'm your host amir with today's coach uh, jordan lopez till the next episode peace